This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Hope you've been getting through the day all right. Got a great show planned for you. Time to kind of settle in, focus on ourselves. Hopefully I'll entertain you a little bit, drop some uh, clinical gems on you. You can learn and be entertained at the same time. Uh, DMs, wide open, always open 24-7. So if you got a question for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Opening the show talking about long distance, long distance relationships. So this is going to be a conversation about a multitude of things. What's important in building intimacy, how to use technology in a pro-social way. But also it's going to be essentially just exploring ways to really move into relationship for those that are single. So I'm going to hit all those goals. <laughs> Hopefully, check, check, check. Um, I guess let me open by saying, if if we're looking for relationality, let's not be anxious or uh, necessarily always look for simplicity. Always trying to coach and support clients and friends and loved ones in giving themselves the best shot. I think, you know, when we enter dating, I think we we focus too much on comfort and and we have a present bias. We just think about how things are now, right? Like, what do we want now? But we have to think long-term because sometimes, well, not sometimes, dating is about long-term goal. You know, dating is this process to decide if and when we can be in a relationship with someone, right? So dating is not a commitment. Dating is seeing if we are compatible and healthy as a couple to move into commitment. And I want to just hold space for long distance. Long distance shouldn't be something that deters us, although understandably it often can. And I am a product of a long-distance relationship And if I was only thinking in terms of the present, I would have missed out on what it has led to, which is living in the same city together. But we get so hung up on getting our needs met now that we'll forego building something with someone who maybe lives further than we're comfortable with. And in the time that we'd be working on that and then finally achieving that, instead, people maybe stay single, missing out on that. And the whole time that they would have been having fun, joy, and romance, connecting with someone, even if it's from afar, and then eventually maybe spending time with them and maybe even relocating, they've just stayed single and uh, they're left behind. So don't, don't get so focused on comfort. And remember, all those things that they provide on apps are what we call searchable quality, searchable goods, things that maybe work for products but not for people. And I think long distance can have some benefits. It affords us a lot of focus and strengthening of uh, emotional and psychological intimacy. And yes, we don't necessarily get the physical, but that's not a bad thing. You know, that is important and that is something that we have to prioritize. So we're going to kind of talk about how we get all of our different needs met, but I'm always just letting people know, you know, it's not necessarily always going to be ideal or easy, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't pursue something, give something a chance. That's kind of what I think the key to successful relationship and dating of any kind is, is being open and being flexible. That's actually one of the qualities of general mental health is adaptability and flexibility, not, not rigidity, you know, but we get really hung up on that. So you know, again, I will always advocate for that, putting in the time, putting in the energy, putting in the effort. Yes, we live very busy, complicated lives, and I appreciate that long distance is, is for a lot of us, going to require the ability to travel, the time, the money, the finances. But don't, don't, 
don't illegitimize what a long distance relationship can provide. It's comfort, it's companionship, it is intimacy. And I think when you're up against moving towards that or just going towards isolation and nothingness, always when in doubt, take the opportunity to try to build something. You never know where it's going to go. Maybe maybe it doesn't move forward into a true relationship, but that doesn't remove whatever value or purpose it could have provided. Maybe it becomes some ongoing distant friendship that always remains and becomes a touchstone and an anchor for you. Let's not be so rigid in we're looking for this and if something doesn't meet that need, then it serves no purpose or value. Or if something's outside of the fantasy we had, or if something requires skill sets that don't feel most readily available to us, the idea that we have to trust and work on new forms of intimacy, right? Because something's not as easy and as accessible as we had wanted. That doesn't mean it has no worth and value. Let's, let's honor that all relationships can provide something. And not everything is going to be just quick and easy. In fact, some people live in areas where geographics are going to work against them finding the right kind of partner, you know, and some people in some more rural areas have gotten familiar with distance. But I think some of us that are in more suburban or, you know, urban dwellings really think that we should be able to find something closer to home. I don't know why we believe that. (laughs) That isn't necessarily promised. But again, some amazing people live in other towns and cities and even other countries, and it can be a really beautiful process. And I promise you, as someone who was in a long-distance relationship for many years, it still felt great at the end of the day to have someone waiting to connect with you and to share your day with, even if they weren't able to be sitting next to you on the couch. You know, I still found a lot of worth and value in it. So let's not negate it. You know, we will come back and talk a little bit about things to consider and tips and tricks to make it easier. But I just want to kind of normalize that it's okay to step into an alternative process. You might have to challenge the uh, framework you've laid out of by what age you want to be married and by what age you want to be pregnant. Life doesn't always turn out that way. And that doesn't mean, you know, a lot of times that's also our ego speaking. We don't really know what we need. And and a lot of beautiful things can come out of stepping into something alternative or different. So we're going to hold space for that. We're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some, you know, more simpler tips and tricks and perspectives. But um, we're normalizing uh, providing ourselves with what we need, you know. All right. Stick around, y'all. We're listening to Love Live with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, we're back and we're talking about long distance, but it's really a larger conversation. It's a conversation where we're talking about technology and intimacy, but also getting out of our own way. I, I think when people are looking for relationship or a lot of other things in their lives, we want it easy. We want it the way other people have it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the right way for us or our journey. And I think people miss out on relationships and friendships and even jobs when they're not open or flexible. And you miss out and walk away from something that if you had maybe put the time in, it might have developed into something really meaningful, whether that's romance or not. Uh, you know, like I said, I've been in a long distance relationship for a couple of years. We now live together, but 
I'm glad I didn't walk away from that because it wasn't what all my friends had. You know, my all, all my friends had someone easily accessible for Friday night or, or certain holidays and I didn't. But that didn't mean that it didn't have meaning and value. And so I, I wanna remind people, not everything's gonna come delivered in the package that aligns with the dream you had or how everyone else is doing it. That doesn't make it bad or wrong. And technology really provides us with the ability to have different kinds of relationships and to get our needs met with community and affiliation and also again, romance. So be open to that. I still hear people knocking dating apps. Look, nothing's ideal. And I hear people always, you know, knocking long distance. Again, not everything's ideal. But that doesn't mean it doesn't have worth and value. So hang in there. It, it, it really, truly, truly does. And advocate powerfully for it. Now, remember, it's, it's not easy because the most important parts of intimacy, and this is a tip, not about long distance dating, although that's where it's coming from. But this is also something to think about in reference to you and people that are close to you here locally, friends and, you know, romantic or relational partners. What are the three things? Eye contact, touch, and time together. Well, we're gonna leave touch out for a second. We'll come back to that, but you can get the eye contact and the time together. That's what your nervous system really needs is presence and accessibility to attachment figures, people that we feel safe and secure with. And we can do that with technology, FaceTime. I remember early on in my relationship, we were doing a lot of texting and phone calls and I said, I don't really feel close to you. We started FaceTiming every day. That helped because we could see each other. We could see each other's micro expressions and macro expressions. We could feel each other. So. You can use that with everyone in your life. We, we don't wanna get familiar with distance and isolation. And I know that it's now a funny norm that if you call someone, they're like, oh my God, what's going on? What's wrong? Who makes phone calls? Because we're familiar with quick, easy texting. But that isn't building true intimacy. We can't hear them, we can't feel them, we can't get nuance and complexity. So I want people to get more familiar FaceTiming their friends and family members. I, I don't want us to only do that if we see them in you know, face-to-face real time, but otherwise we're getting familiar with that distance in that space. So if you're not feeling close and connected to people, that might be why there's not enough eye contact. We need to be oriented towards people. We talked a little bit about this. Even when couples are at home, don't think that proximity is enough. That just because your bodies are near each other, we have to be able to look at each other, and make eye contact. So I'll say to couples, oh, you, you have a lot of intimacy. How often are you with nothing distancing you, not phones, not television? Are you facing each other? and talking. We have to normalize that again. And long distance does allow for that. Plan it, build it in, FaceTime every single day. But you should be doing that with all your close friends and whoever you're married to or dating, face-to-face every day. FaceTime, see them. But that's what makes us feel like we're close and connected. And then also time together. And that also is afforded by using technology. But again, that has to be built in. It can't just be structural. We live together, we're married. Nope, that doesn't build trust and security. Face-to-face contact and, and connection does. And then finally, touch. Now that will be lacking with long-distance relationships. And so those touch needs aren't gonna necessarily get met if you're in a monogamous relationship and they're from afar. And so you will feel the detriment of that, you know? But when you do see them, make sure you're building in as much as touch, as much touch as possible. Hand, holding hands, arms around each other, sexuality. But yes, long distance won't allow that. But for those that do cohabitate or live near each other, make sure you're building that in. You know, again, it's that eye contact, face-to-face eye contact, uninterrupted, time together with shared experience and touch. But long distance, you do the best you can with that. But some people put out some interesting articles talking about some other cute little zingers. But my main thing I always said is always know when you're going to talk, build in rituals and FaceTime. And the rituals are, for instance, for me, we didn't do the let's message every morning when we wake up. We made sure we always said goodnight and got on the phone before we went to bed in addition to FaceTiming during the day. Rituals make you feel close and connected. Rituals also help you know what's coming next. And I always say also with long distance, always know when you're gonna see them next because it's really harder and spikes more anxiety when it's, an open, when it's open-ended. We don't know if it's in weeks or months or when, but if we always have the next date chosen, we can count on it, we can look to it. It'll give us a sense of security, you know, knowing that it's in a month, two months, or in a couple of weeks. So again, it's about getting on the FaceTimes to see each other. It's about always knowing when you're going to see them again. And it's about building in rituals, which is always saying good morning or always saying good night or always talking on Friday night or some of these other cute ideas we're going to talk about. But that's part of this, right? So make sure you're focusing on that. There's ways to do it. Uh, And if you don't want something close and you want something casual, do the opposite of this. Don't have rituals. (laughs) Don't know when you're going to see them again. Don't get on FaceTime a lot. And that's why there's like an honesty that's required. Don't use the tools of true commitment and intimacy building if that is not what you're looking for. 
if you're looking for casual, please make the make the connection and the way you engage each other casual. Let the content match the form so as to not mislead or confuse people. Because if we're using commitment, attachment-based behaviors and tools, it's understandable that the other person will start to count on us. So the tools of people that do want a true committed close relationship are responsiveness, accessibility, reliability, consistency. Use those things if you want a healthy, secure relationship. If you don't want that and you want something more casual, please don't be consistent. Don't be responsive. That confuses people. But for those that we want to be close to, we do engage in those processes. And also know that if someone isn't engaging in that, they might not want something close, serious, and connected. Those are like those processes that hold us in. So we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the long-distance tips and tricks. Some of these are really cute. Some of them, you know, I, I don't know about. They're a little corny. I wouldn't use them. But nonetheless, I provide them for all of you. You know, you got to make decisions as adults as to what's going to work for you in your life. All right, we're going to take a little break. We'll be back. DMs always open on our Loveland Energy page. So if you got a question for us, drop it in there or a topic you want covered. We'll be back, though. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all. More good gems to come. All right, we are back and we're talking about some long distance tips and tricks. Because again, I'm an advocate for us loving and honoring and, and prioritizing relationships. And so if it has to be difficult and complicated, we have to have a willingness to step into that. Not everything's gonna be simple and easy and comfortable, but we are relational creatures. We need to have primary attachments, friends, loved ones, whatever it is. We have to prioritize that. And as I've said before, we don't need to learn how to be single. That's not what most people's goal is. We need to learn how to be relational. We have not nailed that. We are not great at that. That's why my job exists. That's why so many self-help books exist. We're not great with relationality. We're actually really good with isolation and individualism and all of that. So we don't need better skills at being single. In fact, we need to learn how to be more relational. And isolation, which is different from singledom, you can be single and not isolated because you can have tons of people around you, but isolation is quite toxic psychologically and biologically. So we do need others. It's a lie that we can exist independently. In fact, we don't, we can't, and that's not what we're, that's not what our primal needs are. You know, from birth to the grave, we need close contact with others to count on, to support us. We've talked about it, we'll talk about it more, but this is kind of more focused on just some of that, you know, relational romantic stuff. So what's the first thing? Now remember, in a prior segment, I was telling you, rituals really help with long distance. But again, don't just see this in the romantic sense. All of this is applicable to anyone who's afar, someone who's, off at school or a friend member, you know, a friend or family member in a different state. All these things matter. Creating rituals, things that we can count on. So the first one is drum roll, still having date nights. I know people are like, well, how do you do that with long distance? Easy. You eat together or you order the same food together or you watch a movie together and you engage and talk about it and around it. I love that. We've done that before. Me and my partner, while we were long distance, we would both be on FaceTime eating something together having a cute little dinner, talking about what we're eating. It brought us together. It was really cute. It wasn't corny because rituals matter, shared experiences, you know, and dinner time's important. So inherently having dinner with someone because we've socially made it infused with all this meaning and power is adorable. It normalized, you know, saying I have dinner plans. That was really important. So don't don't knock or shame all of that. You know, we're we're working with what we have and there's a cuteness to it and it's the simple things. Right? That's what makes us feel close to people, the simple things. It doesn't have to be these over the top expressions. In fact, over the top expressions are great and adorable and can be romantic, but what really matters for true trust and psychological closeness and safety is consistency, reliability, responsiveness. Those are things that are about your presence. How present are you? How much do you care for this other? This important question, which is, are you there for me? And these are ways that we start to show that. Another cute thing that came up for those that are apart from each other, whether because of COVID, right? Or because they're long distance or wait school. Also playing games together. Now, that actually is something you can do with someone over FaceTime or on your computer over Zoom. You can play games, you can Skype or Zoom and you can be playing a game together. And, I, and, I, and not looking at your phone as in we're both playing words with friends, but looking at each other with a board. It's going to get a little complicated, but I've seen people do that and pull that off. And I think there's something really, really, really sweet about it. Because again, it's really about building in 
rituals, but also trying to still apply standardized ones that we're socialized with. Wow, it was a lot of redundancy there. But meals, games, date nights, those are things that have associated memories. And that's what's great about memory is that it has associative properties. So engaging in something that historically has made you smile or has associations of closeness and connection with someone who's far is going to bring all that back up. It's going to give you that warm feeling. The other thing I tell people is it's just about knowing the other person's there. And so sending songs, sending pictures, sending notes, just gift giving, which is a little cute way of saying I'm thinking about you. And I think, again, the ones that really meet those psychological needs are the ones that are cheap, easy, and accessible. Writing something, sending a song, sending a picture, sending an idea. It doesn't have to be anything that requires a lot of money. And I think that's what's really great about all of this. Yes, people will talk a lot about their love languages, and for some people it's gifts, but again, when we're talking through a psychological paradigm, it's really about presence. It's really about this person understanding you. It's really about them prioritizing you. It's letting you know that they're thinking about you and you're there. And so there's a lot of different ways to do that. Um, so, don't, so don't panic if, for whatever reason, you can't see someone as much as you want to, but remember, this can't be forever. These are placeholders, and these are things that can make us feel close and connected, but they can't be the only thing we rely upon. Because at some point, if you are trying to make this person like a primary attachment figure in a romantic relationship, you're going to need to touch them and to be with them in real time. These are things that kind of are space holders until we can be with them physically. So just know that these aren't long, these aren't long-term permanent solutions. These are short-term. And that's when you really have to look at what do we really want from this relationship? And what are, we, what are we willing to really do or give up? And that's when the, the relocation part comes in. I know, it's tough stuff. All right, we gotta take a little break. When we come back, we're gonna be sliding in those DMs. So stick around, listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back, y'all. All right, we're back. And now it's time to slide into those DMs. DMs are brought to you by uh, our IG. Sliding into the DMs. Bam, that's where they come from. Drop them in there. You got a question for us, topic you want covered? Let us know. All right, let's see what's going on here. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I just found out that my girlfriend is cheating on me. I'm sorry. I always want to say that when I hear that first off is, it's a very painful thing to hear. Uh, it's an ultimate form of betrayal and disrespect. So let's be better. You know, remember, cheating is a symptom of something. Wanting to leave but afraid of ending it. Wanting a different kind of sex life but being afraid to talk to your partner about it. Whatever it is, it's a solution to something. It's a symptom. Confront the real core issue and deal with it. Uh, cheating on people is very devastating. It, it can create a lot of trauma. Let's be better than that. You know, dating and relationships should be nothing but positive. They don't have to be so tumultuous. We allow them to be. We've normalized that. Let's, let's be better. Uh, you said I haven't confronted her yet because I feel like texting someone else is cheating but maybe I'm overreacting, question mark. Also, I shouldn't have gone through her phone, but I did. Ah, there it is. They haven't, uh, they haven't met up yet. They keep talking about it, and uh, she's been blowing her off, though. I really don't know what to do. Should I talk to her, or should I just wait and see what she does? No, listen. If you're going to violate boundaries and go through someone's phone, you're going to have to deal with what it is you find, and I always remind people that. Sitting on it's not going to work because we can't ever actually do that. You might think you're not bringing it up or talking about it, but it's coming out in your behavior. You absolutely are being different around them and treating them differently. But bigger than that, I want you to make it a mental health issue for you. You're with someone that you no longer trust. You're with someone who he feels has violated your trust and has harmed you. That isn't something you can just you know shelve away and keep moving forward as though it's not happening. So yes, you absolutely need to talk about it. In fact, I want you to be in relationships with people where you can talk about anything that's on your mind. So it makes me, uh, I'm wondering why you can't talk about this. I'm wondering also what made you feel as though you needed to go through her phone. Because those are two bigger clinical issues. Those are two bigger relational things to look at. Why are you with someone that you don't trust? Why are you with someone that the only way you feel like you can get truth is to go through their phone? And then when you find that, why are you with someone that you can't comfortably talk to about this? 
why are you trying to wait and see what they do? That's not the issue. The issue isn't whether or not they follow through and cheat on me. The issue is I'm with someone who's violated boundaries. I'm with someone who doesn't mind trying to get their needs met with someone else when we should be talking about that. I'm with someone who I can't even talk to about truth. Like that's the bigger issue before I even care about whether or not they've acted on it. Don't, it's not about whether or not they do it and setting them up to see, to be like, look there, you did it. Go reel it back in and start at the beginning. What's your definition of monogamy? Most likely you're going to say to me, we never talked about it. Start there. Everyone listening, if you're going to be in a monogamous relationship, you need to talk about what that means. Because if this person is like cool with texting other people, then they aren't cheating. That might just be your definition. There are people that are in more flexible relationships where they don't care if they're flirting with others. And if your partner has a definition that does not include that as cheating, well, then they've done no wrong in their ethics. Your ethics are yours, theirs are theirs. If you're going to be monogamous, you need to talk about what that means because until someone's committed to something, they are not accountable to it. Please don't roll your eyes thinking people should know better. No, they shouldn't. We live in a healthy place now where people have all different definitions of what relational commitment is. And some people are more open, more fluid. You need to talk about those things because in their, in your girlfriend's definition, she might've done no wrong. I tend to be more casual. If I'm in a committed monogamous relationship with someone, which I am, I don't care about things like that. That is small, stupid stuff to me. So that doesn't bother me. To me, that, to me, that isn't cheating. And me and my partner have to talk about what cheating means to us. So number one, start with that definition. You might realize that you are wrong and that you do not have a same definition and that's where the work has to start. Number two, I want you to start working on building the kind of relationship where you can have difficult conversations. Maybe the reason why they're finding cheating as a solution is because you don't have the kind of relationship where they can honestly sit down and talk about what's wrong and what it is that cheating is a symptom of because they're trying to do something with that. So you have a lot of relational work to do, and I'd rather you focus more on that versus me versus them. They harmed me. I'm the victim. Start with, we've built a relationship where we don't even talk honestly about things, where I feel like I have to look through your phone, where we haven't even talked about what this monogamy thing is that is so important to me that I've gone through your phone to find out whether or not you're honoring it, and I found out I believe you're not, but yet we haven't even talked about what the definition is. I'm holding you accountable to something that you haven't even signed off on. There's no consent in that. So start there. Start there. All right, we're going to take a break and come back, and we're going to keep talking about distance, dating, and intimacy. So stick around. Listen to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, we're back, and we're, you know, talking about long-distance relationships and dating. But like I said, this really applies to things we can do with people that live in the same household with us or, you know, in a different household or away at school. Uh, Cause it's really a talk about what do relationships need and what, what helps with intimacy. So, you know, we talked about playing games, having dinner, using technology. We also want to have somewhat of an end date. And we talked about that, how a lot of these tips and tricks are short term ways to stay close and connected, but they're not ideal, right? We were not meant to have relationships where we can't see people and touch them because what builds intimacy is eye contact, time together and touch. It's that shared experience and presence and so we do the best, but you want to have an, an end, an end goal or an end date. You, I, and that's why uh, I'll say to people, you need to know when you're going to see them next, because an open-endedness can really breed a lot of anxiety and make people feel very far. So that's why if you know, I'll see them once a month or I'm going to see them, you know, on this date, but you also need a larger perspective. What are we working towards in general? Uh, are you relocating here at some point? Am I moving there? Like you have to have a frame just so that there's a structure so that, because it can be very overwhelming existentially to imagine that this is all it will be forever. It has to be allowable in the beginning as we're getting to know each other. We have to build enough of a connection to want to do what it might take to be together. So in the beginning, you just have to allow, but a certain point is reached where the, you've attached, you've assessed compatibility, you both have shown commitment and care, and then you really say to each other, are we on the same page with our larger goal? How long can we do this for? Or is one of us willing to move? What does that mean? Because that's the ideal point. Also, dun, 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 make sure that you're truly connecting and not just talking. It's important to share the course of our days with each other, but you want to make sure you're getting into some emotional processing because that's the important part where people really, really, really feel close, right? You, you have to share the deeper elements of who you are, the parts that make you a little anxious, the, the emotional words. What scared you today? What made you happy today? What made you feel safe or unsafe? What made you frustrated? 
what made you feel really cared for and admired. Those are the deeper parts. That's how we really feel close to someone. It doesn't always have to be something negative or dark, but sharing those things does make us feel closer. You know, we walk away from spending time with someone feeling good and close, but if they shared a deeper part of themselves, we really feel like we got to know them. And it also lets us share that part of ourselves. So do try to have conversations where you're sharing a deeper level and not just the topical, superficial parts of your day. If all you're sharing is the parts of your days that someone watching you would have witnessed, you're not going deep enough. You have to share what was going on internally. What were you thinking and feeling while you were at work? What were you thinking and feeling while you were running your errands? Because you were living an internal life while those things were happening. We're not just humming along, although that happens, but as you're running through the supermarket, you're feeling and thinking things. What are your dreams and goals? Those are the more important parts of ourselves. I always talk about intimacy as three circles. And the outer circle is the really safe, superficial stuff, the kind of movies we like, the kind of songs we like. That's the stuff we'd share with anyone sitting on a bus stop next to them. But people have to earn their way into the next circle, which is a little more vulnerable and personal. And then there's that inner, inner circle, which you really have to earn your way into. You have to really show that you're someone we can trust. And you want to make sure as you build a relationship that you're able to bring them into the to the you know more internal layer and then even deeper. They have to earn that over time with trust and loyalty, but those are the parts we wanna make sure we're getting towards sharing. And the way that that is shown as being safe is when we each start doing that. And that's a sign that this relationship is progressing. So make sure that you're doing that. Again, we're not just sharing the observable parts of our day, the actions. We wanna also share our thoughts and our feelings, those deeper things that no one can see from observation. Those are the parts we have to bring out and forward, but that's how we really walk away feeling we connected with someone when they bring us in on that level. But again, it has to be earned. Those are things we don't bring up and out in the beginning right? And then we also go deeper even with romanticism. I talked about just sending little notes, ideas. We can text them, email email them, mail them. But we do want to also be, as they say, a little extra sometimes. There are going to be moments where it's important to be very demonstrative of how we feel about them. So don't, don't worry about going over the top a little bit. Sometimes that's very much what we need to really see powerful expressions of care and that they were thinking about us. Because again, that question, once you're in a fully committed, true relationship is, are you there for me? Are we moving into becoming an us and a we and no longer just an I and a me? Are we thinking in terms of us and how things impact both of us? Once you start thinking and talking in those terms, you know that you've really moved into a truly committed relationship. But you have to be vulnerable. Express missing them and longing for them. People need to hear that. Don't be afraid to say, I thought about you all day. Don't be afraid to say, I've really missed you. We have to say that. And that's not gender. Men have to be able to say that too. Emotion and intimacy and commitment don't care about gender. It doesn't follow gendered rules. These are not things that are only things men do or women do. These are just universal human emotions and experiences that we all have. And everyone needs to have these things shown. It feels good when someone we care about and we miss tells us that they that we that they miss us and that they long for us. Because remember, interested people like signs of interest. People that want closeness and intimacy will never be thrown off or shame you for leaning in. And if they do, you know that they don't want what you want or they're not healthy enough. And so it's a good barometer for assessing the health of this relationship and where someone else is themselves. So let's take another break and we'll come back. We'll keep talking about this because again, these are general skills, but more, more applicable in its presentation to long distance. Stick around. Listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All righty, we're back and we're talking about long distance dating, but we're really just kind of engaging in general conversation about intimacy building and closeness and also care. So one of the things that a lot of the different articles talk about when we're looking at how to manage long distance relationships, I loved this, is curate a relationship bucket list. Because again, we're trying to stay close. We're trying to keep things interesting. We're also trying to share deeper parts of ourselves. And this kind of pulls them all together in one full swoop. So I love this. What's a relationship bucket list? Things to look forward to. It's, it's things that you've always wanted to do. Maybe things you want to do together. Not only do we need to always know when we're going to see them next, not only is it helpful to a certain point to know what the end goal is, like are we going to cohabitate? Are we going to move? When might that be? But it's also important to have shared goals and plans. We're going to, we're going to at some point take a trip to this other country. At some point, we're going to start a garden together. Whatever it might be, have a relationship bucket list. What are the things you've, been, you've always wanted to do with a partner? 
that you want to do with this partner. It's important to have a shared vision and shared goals, but also shared dreams. That's again, building that us and that we. That's a healthy shift. I know people are in a safe, secure relationship when it's not just I and me. They're talking about us and we and everything they say and do, they think about how it'll impact and shape their partner and their partner's feelings and their partner's thoughts. It's a fusion, it's a merger. We all need to do that with attachment figures. We're not trying to be separate. We're trying to move into closeness and intimacy and connection. So talk about that, going to Paris, taking cooking classes, just maybe going to an area or a city you've never been to, or for some people it's even sweeter and simpler. There's a movie that they've always wanted to watch with someone, or they had a dream of going to a certain restaurant on a romantic date, even maybe wearing something specific. Like It's really cute to see what people's individualized relational dreams are. And when you finally have someone that you can do those things with, and maybe they're very simple, you've always dreamed of sleeping in, waking up you know, in bed next to someone, and then going to a farmer's market. It can be really simple, adorable daily things or larger over the top things, but keep it fun. You know, it's good to be working towards something that shared vision, that shared goal. Also flirty text. You want to make sure you're keeping it romantic and erotic. If we're not bringing in romance and sexuality into our conversations and our distance, it's easy for it to just drift. And then when you do see them, it can be really hard to go from zero to 60. So make sure you are eroticizing and flirting. And there's so many ways to do that. It can be on the light end where you're just complimenting them and saying, oh, you look really handsome when you see them on FaceTime. Or I was thinking about you last night. I was thinking about wanting to do this or that. Maybe you send pictures of yourselves. Maybe you have sex while on FaceTime or Zoom with each other. But you want to keep romance and eroticism alive and accessible. Don't let that go. We don't have to let that go over long distance. Again, it's not ideal. They're not here with us, but we take advantage of the technologies because we need to have that accessible and familiar. Don't let that go. The longer you go, the more distance from that, the harder it can be to get back to that. And then, like I said, it's going from zero to 60. Every time you're on the phone with them or FaceTiming, it's just really day-to-day basic stuff. And then all of a sudden, there they are. And you're supposed to know how to step into eroticism or move towards it. That's really difficult. And you don't even necessarily know who they are sexually, right? So make sure you're building that in. Keep that a priority. Send flirty texts. Um, this is a quote. Whether it's f- words, photos, emojis, it doesn't matter. Just show them that this is someone I'm interested in that way. Keep that alive. Um, what was something else I said? Yeah, we talked about that. A lot of these get a little bit redundant. Um, create momentum, be as vulnerable as possible, be open to uncertainties, and look towards the finish line. Yeah, here's a great quote. One of the best things you can do in a long distance relationship is figure out when you'll no longer be apart. The lack of physical touch becomes that much more bearable when you have your finger on the pulse of when this will come to an end. That's so beautifully said, and I think that that's important, like I said, to have a framework around it, a structure. Otherwise, it just existentially seems open and ongoing. And it's like, how much longer can I do this? But if you actually know it's only for this many more months, that, that, that makes it more bite-sized and smaller. Or at least knowing when you're going to see them again. It's only one more month. It's only a couple more weeks versus, oh, we'll figure it out, which is maybe constantly pushing it back. But long distance really does require two people that are truly invested. Otherwise, it can feel very depleting. And it can feel very disappointing if you're not on the same page So that's got to be part of it. In the beginning, you won't know. But at a certain point, it's okay to really check in on that. You know, how in this are we really? Is you know, And and that gets really, it's made known whether or not they're willing to kind of plan when they'll see you next and commit to where the finish line is. Uh, Because again, long distance isn't the goal. It's something that we step into to work towards a goal. But for some people, that's all it will ever be. And that's okay as well. That doesn't mean it has no worth or value, right? We're trying to legitimize different styles of having people in our life. It still is worth and value. It's just if you have a deeper goal of cohabitation or more time together, you got to make sure that they have that goal as well and that they're seeing it as seriously as you are. Otherwise, it will get very frustrating and it can feel very chaotic. So check in on that. I want people to be willing to have that kind of vulnerability. 
I know it's really hard to ask someone, is this serious? Ask someone, are we monogamous? Ask someone, is this, you know, are you seeking a true adult relationship with me? But we have to, we have to be able to talk about those things. And we have to also talk about what those things even mean. Don't just say something like, oh, let's be monogamous. Talk about what that means. Everyone has a very different definition. And today's day and age, there's so many different ways to step in that and outside of that. And we want to make sure we're all on the same page. What does commitment mean? What does what boyfriend and girlfriend mean? What does monogamy mean? What does exclusivity mean? Like always ask someone else's definition. Don't, don't assume that, that your definition is their definition. And it's funny when I ask long-term couples that. Have you both talked about what monogamy means? And they'll say, usually say things like, oh, they know what it means. And it's like, we still gotta be able to talk about this stuff. If we can't talk about that, I'm wondering what else we can't talk about that's important. Anyway. Coming back to the main topic, don't want to get caught off on that. We're going to take a little break. When we come up, we're going to finish, uh, come back, we'll finish this dialogue, and then we'll be sliding in those DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Anything you're wondering about, questions, topics, and uh, past episodes of Loveline over at wearechannelq.com. Head on over there. Past episodes, you can binge, post, release, and share. We'll be back listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Alrighty, we're back and we're just kind of closing out I'm talking tonight about long distance relationship, but at the same time, we're not. We're really talking about what does intimacy require, a true connection, and what are the things that you can do to maintain close and perspectives. I wanted to just quickly look at some of the, the difficulties and the struggles that are ahead of you. And you have to really think about this. First off is the financial impact and strain. Do you have the finances to travel and see this person? Do they have the finances to travel and see you? Can they take time off of work? Do they have childcare? What kind of responsibilities would they be leaving behind? You have to, you have to think about that because there are some people where due to their situation, they're not going to be able to ever come see you and you might have to always come see them, which is okay if the other person is that invested and they have the resources because it's not about fairness. Well, if I came here once, I have to come there. It's about equity. Equity means everyone has the appropriate expectations placed upon them. If one person is single, has no children, and it has a lot of financial means, well then they're gonna be the one that might need to travel more to see you. If you have dependents, uh, you know, children or someone you're, you're caretaking, or maybe you can't afford to travel or you can't take time off, well then yes, you cannot be expected to come go to them as often as they come to see you. But in a healthy adult relationship, it's not about that, it's about seeing each other. And if one person has the means to do it, they'll step into that. Because it's not about fairness, it's about equity. What kind of real responsibility or accountability can we have on this other person based on the true context of what's going on in their life? And that's a hard lesson for some adults to learn because even adults act like children, like fair is fair. And it's like, no, no one will ever be 50-50. It's about reasonable expectations and really talking about that. So you have to talk that out. You have to be honest. Hey, I don't necessarily have the means or the lifestyle that allows me to travel to see you often. Is that okay? Are you willing to come here more often or, or whatever it is, or come here for longer periods of time so that once we're there, we stick around for a while because we can't be flying back and forth often. So maybe you don't see them as often, but when you do visit, you stay longer because you can only afford that one round trip ticket once a year, not multiple times throughout the year. And be the adult. If you do have the means and the time to go more, be willing to do that because you're doing it for you and for the relationship. You have to be able to think mutually and cooperatively. Uh, also having more extreme emotions, you have to also ask yourself that, am I, do I have the resilience to deal with distance because I won't always be able to be with them to make me feel close or comfortable after conflict or to work through something. Yeah. You know, you, you have, it, it has, it's a different experience. It's a different experience when you're feeling a little disconnected, having to just trust that all's well when you're hanging up the phone versus being able to see them. Right. Maintaining high expectations around face-to-face -face meetings, given how infrequent they are, puts a lot of uh, pressure that when you do see them, that things have to go great because you're not going to see them again for a while. And that has to carry you over. And if each experience with them goes kind of rough or chaotic, it's not necessarily going to reinforce that this is a good thing or I want to do this again. So it does put pressure that when you spend time together, it's really focused on fun and connection. But remember to enter with that. We don't see each other often. So when we do, we wanna make sure we're focusing on fun and connection and letting the little things go because we don't wanna spend the few times we have together fighting or arguing. And if we're not able to just focus on fun, then maybe we're not a good match for a long distance relationship or relationship at all because long distance does require people that are higher functioning and have a little more emotional intelligence. 
It, it really truly does. And it's okay to acknowledge that you might not be that person or in that place right now in your life where you can deal with that or have that expectation placed upon you. You got to have the kind of lifestyle that, that you can, that you're not going to need your partner to be that accessible. So you have to ask yourself that it's a serious, important question. Uh, also boundaries. You have to be someone who trusts. If you have issues with trusting others, long distance is not going to be working for you because you're not going to be able to see them a lot. And you're going to have to trust that when they're not with you, that they're loyal and that they're thinking about you and that they're honoring the boundaries. And if you struggle to do that with people that are local that you see all the time, long distance is going to be even harder or the opposite. You use it as a way to practice trusting that I'll believe what they say. If they're worthy of trust, I will trust. And you have to be able to apply that. And if you struggle in general with that, long distance could be very transformative and healing or it could be very hard on both of you. So check in on that. And also having a realistic view of the state of the relationship. You have to live in reality. You have to be willing to talk about what's going on. So if you don't have good conflict resolution or you're not really good at vocalizing what you need and what you're feeling, then a long distance relationship is not going to be good for either of you. Again, long distance relationships are for people that are really good at expressing their needs. They don't have a problem asking for what they want. They have a high level of trust, a good level of emotional intelligence and expression. And ideally, you have the, the means and the kind of lifestyle that allows you to, to travel as needed. So, so do know that not everyone is, is built for it internally or um, I guess externally based on what's going on in their life. And that's okay. We want to be reasonable and realistic. Even with dating locally, we want to be reasonable with what we can provide. Some people want more time together, more closeness than maybe you can give them right now. Be upfront about that. Let people know what they're stepping into. Let them know what they're signing up for. I think that's one of the most caring things in the world. Let them know who you are. But try it. You learn a lot about yourself. You learn where your work is, and it gives you an opportunity to practice that. Finding alternative ways to connect, not over-relying on sex or affection. Learning how to trust. Being more transparent. Better at emotional processing and vulnerability. It's a beautiful thing, y'all. All right, coming up next, we're going to be sliding in them DMs, so stick around. Listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. All right, we are back. It's time to uh, slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs are brought to you by our uh, live IG page. Always open, always going, always ready to get your questions, topics you want covered. Hit us up. Let me see what we got today. Uh, dun, 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 dun. We have a whole bunch. Just trying to see what makes sense for us here. Oh, okay, let's go into this one. Dear Dr. Kristen Loveline, I've had a very difficult time orgasming recently it's like i'm into it and it feels good but then my mind wanders off can't get it together is this normal oh i love the use of that word normal well it doesn't matter if it's normal or not it's where you are and whether it's normal or not doesn't necessarily always make it more comfortable or make more sense to us but um yeah that's that's pretty normal here's the deal our sexuality is not this stable, static, always the same kind of thing. It's like anything else. Think of it in terms of your mood or what you might like to eat. It's going to shift and change based on a lot of different factors. You know, how we feel when we wake up is based on what we wake up thinking about, what's going on in the world around us, what might have happened yesterday, thoughts about what we have to do tonight, tomorrow, next week, an email that might have come in. So our, our nervous system and our mood is always up and down and all around. Sex is very much tied to that. Sex is not this independent thing that is, you know, existent in a com 
clear compartmentalized vacuum off to the side, untouched by what's going on around us. It's quite the opposite. It's very fragile. It's a very fragile system that is easily disrupted. And there's no right way to be sexual with ourselves or others. And so if someone's saying I can't orgasm, that isn't a pathology or something's bad or wrong. That is part of the natural human response. We're going to sometimes want to travel, sometimes not, sometimes enjoy a movie, another time not enjoy it as much. It's, we, have to, we have to be open to that ebb and flow. There's so many different things that have to come together to get us to a place of interest in sexuality and also to a place where maybe we can orgasm if that happens. But we don't want to make sex only about orgasm and it's a fail or a bad thing if that doesn't happen. Uh, sex is about so many different things. And remember, in order for us to get to a place where we can even get into a state of arousal, right? We need to feel safe and comfortable. If we are stressed or anxious or fearful, we can't relax enough into sex. And that's why some people that are penis owners will say to me, I'm not getting erect or staying erect. And I'll say to them, tell me more about the situation. And they'll say, it's with a new partner or it's with someone I'm trying to impress or I don't feel, you know, whatever it is, I'll say, well, of course you're not able to. You're not, you're not stepping into sexuality in a very safe, comfortable, arousing dynamic and space. We need to enter it from a place of feeling calm. And I know people are like, yeah, but arousal is this amplified thing, but our system needs to feel safe and calm. And if we don't, because we don't know this person, because we think they're out of our league, because we think we have to show them something or we have to perform, you know, whatever it is, that is gonna work against you. And so we have to back off of that pressure. And that can happen even with ourselves. I really need to do this. You know, sex is only about orgasm, so I got to get there. And then it's not happening. And we keep pushing and we're stressing ourselves and we're trying to force it. That is the worst thing to do. If you're not getting towards orgasm or you're not getting hard or staying hard or you're not get lubricating in the ways you want, we want to back off of that. Stop trying. Be in the moment. Do something else. Segue into something else. Just start cuddling. But forcing it, pushing it is the worst thing you can do because that's moving you into the opposite kind of mental and physical state and place you need to be in. For us to get aroused, we need the parasympathetic system to be operating, which is surprising to most people. And that's a system of feeling safe and, and grounded. And so we should only be trying to have sex with people we feel safe and grounded with. And that's why we can't, not everyone can participate in the ways they want in hookup culture because it overwhelms them. It's, it's exhausting. Uh, it stresses them out. They don't feel safe or accepted. And same thing with some people and their partners. Some people need to sadly or happily, depending on how you look at it, wait until they've really built a trust to be able to relax enough to, to orgasm. That's not a bad thing. That's your body saying, you're not going to force me to participate in something I'm not ready to participate in or to have sex with and relax into a partner that isn't safe or isn't ideal. We have to listen to our bodies. A lot of treatments and protocols are about ignoring it and just pushing through and making it happen anyway. And then it's like, but then what are you centering or prioritizing in doing that? Uh, not the partnership, not your mental health, not fun. Forcing something isn't rooted in fun. So a lot to learn in that. That was a really great question. Thank you for that. All right, y'all, that is our show. We'll be back tomorrow night. If you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Always happy to hear from you. And past episodes are always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for the show, click on it. Bam, there they are. Thanks for hanging out, y'all. You have a beautiful rest of your night, and we'll see y'all soon. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Thank <laughs> you.